Today is the 24th day of November. Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. So honored to be here with you today to read the Word of God to us and with all of you. It's a privilege and an honor, and I'm grateful to God and to each one of you to be able to be here. We're reading a brand new book of the Bible today in the New Testament, the book of Galatians, and we'll be reading chapters 1, 2, and 3, and just a couple days left in the New Living Translation before we change translations. Galatians chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preached to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. That it pleased Him to reveal His Son to me, so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. After that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Cilicia, and still the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church, 
and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because of some so-called believers there, false ones really, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. But we refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner. If I rebuild the old system of law, I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? 
Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, It is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says, It is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child and that, of course, means Christ. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why, then, was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins, but the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement, but God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law, we were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. 
The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. We begin the book of Galatians today. Uh, let's orient ourselves uh, by grabbing and reading the God of your story, this brilliant, I think, uh, little guide to go along with our reading uh, written by my brilliant husband, Brian. Today we began a revered letter from the Apostle Paul, the letter to the Galatians. In Paul's time, Galatia was a province of the Roman Empire, but the area is now contained within the modern-day country of Turkey. In previous eras, the Galatians were known as Gauls or Celts. We know of five different churches in Galatia established during Paul's first missionary journey. These were the churches in Pisidia, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. Since Paul addressed this letter to the churches in Galatia, we can safely assume Paul wrote to these communities. We will soon see why this is such an important document in New Testament theology, but we will also notice that the issues Paul was dealing with in 2 Corinthians were also issues in Galatia. People had visited these churches after Paul and caught what Paul considered another gospel. Specifically, the Galatians were being told that they must obey Jewish customs and practices in order to follow Jesus, including male circumcision and adherence to the Mosaic Law, something Paul stood staunchly against because, in Paul's view, Jesus had fulfilled the law and New Covenant had been initiated. Paul used his letter to the Galatians as a way to passionately dispel the inaccuracies. We are not clear whether Paul wrote Galatians before the Jerusalem Council or after. Some hold the view that Paul wrote this letter before the Council. If this is the case, visitors to the Galatian churches were undermining Paul's message in an attempt to align the teaching of Paul with those of the Jerusalem church before they had wrestled with the issue, and Paul was not happy about it. This would make Galatians one of the very earliest Christian writings, and it may be Paul's first letter to any church. If Paul wrote Galatians after the Jerusalem council, then Paul was using this letter to forcefully reiterate what the council had decided, that non-Jewish believers or Gentiles did not need to convert to Judaism in order to be saved. Logically, it would seem that Paul would use the document issued from Jerusalem and preserved later in the book of Acts to support his argument if this were the case. But there has been much debate over the centuries. The argument Paul lays out in Galatians 
and the underlying issues that prompted it were very weighty issues at that time for several reasons. Whereas Judaism was an exclusive religion for Jews, allowing faith in Jesus without the cover of Judaism opened up salvation through Jesus Christ to everyone in the world. Once this decision was made, it clearly separated what we now know as Christianity from Judaism, which ultimately brought persecution from the Jews and Romans alike. The content in Galatians has become foundational in New Testament theology. The gospel of freedom, grace, and justification through faith are all outlined in this little letter. So there's a little orientation of the book of Galatians, and I think it's important just because so much uh, theology and denominational differences come from these just little letters, <laughs> little letters that can uh, be debated for centuries by theologians and scholars alike. We'll continue on in the book of Galatians tomorrow. Jesus, thank you for being with us here today and every day. Thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. Whether we get the theology right, you love us in our questions, big questions, small questions. You love us when our pursuit of getting it right feels really important. What I pray is that we would never lose intimacy with you as we intentionally pursue our faith, which means our theology may change, our questions may change. We may find out we have more questions than we once had answers. And what I pray that as we would not lose intimacy with you, that we would continue to love each other despite those changes and especially despite our differences. Let us remember that you said they will know that we are yours by the love that we show for one another. May we show our love for one another. And I pray this now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Daily Audio Bible, that's home base. Check it out. If you've not, take a look around. Download the app. Maybe share it with a friend and just ask them, have you ever read the Bible through in a year? And vow to do it with them so that you can keep each other accountable that you can run each other's thoughts and ideas and insights off of one another and just be on this common journey together through the bible can't think of a better journey to be on than that if you would like to partner with the ministry of the daily audio bible we thank you so much for your partnership if you're giving by mail, D-A-B, P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. Or if you're giving electronically, uh, hit the Give icon up at the top right-hand corner of that mobile app. Lastly, look for the Give icon on the website. If you need prayer, if you'd like to pray for someone that's previously called in, there are several different ways for you to do so. 800 583 2164 
And then, of course, if you are utilizing uh, your electronic device again, you can hit the red circle button up at the top right hand corner of your thingamabob. Uh, Please listen to the message prior to recording. There are really good basic guidelines and instructions there for you to follow. You have two minutes on the prayer line. And then once you have recorded, hit submit, turn the little wheel over to chronological and it will get to the right place. That's going to do it for me today. We will continue our journey through the Bible chronologically tomorrow and continue in the book of Galatians. I'm Jill. Until then, love one another. Good morning, Dabsy. This is Tony calling from Suffolk. I want to lift up Kathy in prayer. She called, said her husband had terminal brain cancer. I think she said a year and a half ago. And she's not seeing her three grandchildren. And then also Emma called in on reference of uh, issues that she's having with her marriage. So, Father, I lift up Kathy and Emma to you, Lord God. You know what they're going through, Father. You know what they stand in the need of, Father. I'm asking, Lord God, that you just give them guidance and direction, Father, as to which way to go, Father. Allow them not to lean on their own understanding. Dear Lord, I'm asking for strength, Father. I'm asking for comfort for them, Lord God, as they are dealing with some difficult situations, Lord God. I'm asking, Lord God, you just to show yourself mighty, Lord God, and regardless of what they're going through, Father, that you would be there for them, Father. You would never leave them nor forsake them, Lord. Father, for Emma, Father, marriage is a sacred thing, Lord God. As I went through a difficult time in my marriage, Father, so I know, Lord God, exactly what it feels like, Lord. But, Father, I'm asking, Lord God, you just to... It's a touchy situation. Just, Lord God, just have your way, Father. I really don't know what else to say, Father. All I can say is it's difficult when that marriage starts to fall apart. But, Father, I am a living testimony, Lord God. And I know that you can draw them back, Lord God. Back, Lord God, to the loving and the caring, Father. And, Lord God, you just to intercede, Lord God, just in the middle, Lord God, just bring that triangle together. And I'm just trusting and believing, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. This is my prayer to you. Amen. Good morning, Deb C. Chronological. This is Cynthia in upstate New York. And today is the 19th of November. I would love to pray for Tanya in Ohio, and I'd like to pray for Jill and her family. Heavenly Father, we say thank you for today and thank you for all that you give us. We could not be here and we could not do the things we do without you, and we do say thank you for that. I come to you asking for prayer for Tanya and her family. She has a boyfriend that she cares a great deal about, but she has seen some red flags and doesn't quite know what to do with it. But you do. Lord, I ask that you and your perfect will be done in her life and in the life of her son. Please give her direction. Show her what she needs to see and know so that she can make good decisions for her family. Lord, she loves you. And that's evident that she's come to you even asking for prayer for him. And I also pray for him that your will be done in his life as well as in hers to help make good choices. And I pray for Jill and her family. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for sending such a beautiful platform to this world and helping us to know 
who you are by bringing us all around this global campfire. What a wonderful and amazing gift of technology you've brought into this world. So I thank you, Jill, and I thank your whole family for bringing so many of us together. I had eye surgery in January and probably would have never found this place if not through the direction of a friend. So Lord Jesus, I thank you and your great providence for direction and guidance. And I just say a prayer for everyone today. If you do not know the Lord Jesus, please bring him into your life. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Dabs. This is Tanya calling in from Suffolk. I wanted to lift up Tanya from Ohio in prayer um, in regards to her boyfriend possibly abusing prescription narcotics. I also want to pray for her relationship and pray for her children as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up, Lord God, um, Tanya, to you, Father. I lift up her boyfriend to you, her relationship, her children, dear Lord. Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, just to intervene, Lord God, on their behalf, Heavenly Father. I'm asking, Lord God, you to remove in and everything, Father, that is not of you, Father. Tanya's boyfriend, dear Lord, uh, you know what he's dealing with, Father. You know what he's going through, Father. So I'm asking, Lord God, that you just be that pillow of comfort for him, Lord God. Allow him to surrender to you wholeheartedly Father so he will no longer have to surrender to the narcotics Father I know you can Father and I know you will I'm asking Lord God that you just close any door Father that does not need to be open Lord God and to open up any door Father that can be of help Lord God that can be of deliverance Lord God and I'm just trusting and believing right now in the mighty name of Jesus Father I'm asking Lord God that you just guide Tanya footsteps Lord God Give her the will, Lord God. Give her the way, Lord God. Allow her to not lean on her own understanding, Lord God. But to trust you, Lord God, wholeheartedly, Lord God. Because, Father, you said you would never leave us nor forsake us, Lord God. She's reaching out to you, Lord God. She's needing you, Lord God. She's asking, Lord God, for your help, Lord God. I'm just believing right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Continue to protect her, Lord God. Protect her children, Lord God. Continue, Lord God, just to... Be who you are, Lord God. And this is my prayer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. As always, Zab, see, I love you guys. And just continue to be encouraged. Amen.